this is Kiki Monique. You might know me as the talk of shame. Now your favorite auntie. Hey guys, it's Vanessa Kantav. I'm the mom here and your hostess next door. We're kicking off Moms versus Aunts, and I'm so excited. We are going to talk about so many things. I mean, what do we got in store, Ivy? This is our very first podcast. Our very first podcast. Very first podcast. I mean, we're going to be talking about everything. We've got gossip. We got trends. We got ways for you to level up, make some money. We're going to be talking about solo parenting because that's my life and um, and how important it is for me to have my girls around, a.k.a. aunties who help me. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about everything. Let's just get into it. I mean, the most important thing for me is that this is <laughs> this is my chance to drink with you and catch you up on all of the things that I've been doing since, you know, I don't have kids. I, <laughs> I got my two cats, which is are my kids. But, you know, we get to we get to drink and talk about all the things I've been watching, all the things I've been reading, all of the things I've been talking about. And uh, get you caught up because I know you've been busy. <laughs> I really like look at you as my resource for all of like pop culture because these kids got me all stressed out and I have to lean on you to tell me what the hell is going on in the world. But yes, drinking is something that we're very good at. So um, we're going to start. Me, you had me get a bunch of ingredients. I was like, OK, you told me to get a bunch of stuff. And so I don't know what I'm making. So you got to tell me. OK, this is classic because this is us like we love bubbles. I think everyone is going to learn as they hang on and listen to us from episode to episode. A lot of these cocktails are going to have champagne in them because that's the kind of girls that we are. Um, and so today we're making a French 75. It is a very classic, very classy drink. And it's made with gin, champagne, freshly squeezed lemon and a little bit of simple syrup. That's it. That's it. I love it. I mean, I'm normally a tequila drinker, but I do love a gin and champagne combination. I will I will go there. Well, um, you've known me for over 20 years and we have we know that I'm not allowed to drink tequila. That's a whole nother day, <laughs> a whole nother a whole nother topic. So for everybody who wants to join us and toast our first drink, um, it's going to be Two parts, uh, equal parts gin and champagne. So that's about two ounces. And then you'll do three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice and simple syrup. Uh, simple syrup, you can make it ahead of time. It's um, equal parts sugar and water. You just dissolve it and then let it cool off. Put that in a squeeze bottle. Keep it on deck. You'll need it for future uh, happy hours. But that's it. And if you want to get fancy, you can make a little lemon twist and put that in your champagne flute. Um, nothing better than booze mixed with booze. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna like while, <laughs> while we're talking, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to follow those instructions and make that drink. In the meantime, I'm just pouring some champagne directly into my coffee mug and drinking that, and then I'll also be trying to make this at the same time. But you know, I, that's I how I do. I may or may not have already had one. Yeah. Well, you know, you should, as you should, um, because, you know, it's a long <laughs> week. Um, I was like, I was thinking about you the other day because I was looking at TikTok, as I do most hours <laughs> of my day, scrolling through TikTok. And I came across this TikTok where this uh, mom, she had her son in the backseat and they were headed to a birthday party. Mm -hmm. And 
she was like, every time before a birthday party, we have to have this conversation oh, and <laughs> about that when it, the birthday cake comes out, that the song that you sing is happy birthday, because <laughs> this is what he thinks. And she goes one time for the, and he goes, birthday, bitch. <laughs> and she's like two times. And he's like, birthday, bitch. <laughs> And I was like, it's so funny because yeah, like they probably hear like, you know, if, if, if your kids heard us when we were singing happy birthday to each other, that's probably what they think the happy birthday song is. They think it's Rihanna. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's some loud, crazy. No. Yeah. We do like to, mm-hmm. Yeah. Kids are so I don't grown. Know. Kids are so grown. I know. Plus, I feel like my sons are going to, they just growing up around all of these, like, you know, women who are around all the time, their idea of everything is, I mean, they, they love some Beyonce. <laughs> they love some Rihanna. There's some Drake and stuff in there and some other things, but yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see how that works out. I mean, I like I I love that. I feel like your sons look at me like I am Beyonce, which is what makes me feel even like the cooler auntie. Like they think I'm just like living that Beyonce life, which I love. Uh, Yeah, they do. Also, they'll literally do anything you ask them to do. I I my favorite is how we'll be having a barbecue and they'll be like running back and forth to the cooler to fill up your glass. So you you got your Casamigos next to you. You're sitting in your chair and they're just like so delighted to go get Auntie Kiki some more ice so you can pour a little bit more Casamigos in your glass. I will say like it's it's the part that I definitely get the most <laughs> jealous of because I was like, oh, having kids means having like little helpers so you don't have to get up and do things like this is this is it because my cats they can't like dogs are better at training right cats do nothing for you except you know cuddle and make you feel good when they want to but I was just like and you yeah, don't even have that. to tip them 20 percent. it's great it's yeah great. they want to be they're there to serve because they love me <laughs> it's so true all right how's your drink the drink, um, well, I'm okay. I'll be honest. I'm still drinking just the champagne because, uh, yeah, I, you know, I just get making, co- this is how I ended up just drinking tequila on the rocks because like the whole, <laughs> you know, I want to go to a bar. I want someone to make me a drink doing it at home. I'm it's not the same, but you know, I, I'm going to, okay, I'll, I'll keep, I'll, I will try it. I will do it. Equal parts, gin and champagne, twist okay. of lemon juice, a little squeeze of simple syrup. Okay. That's it. I can I can figure that out. That's easy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So did you see this article or is it an article really? This story about Hillary Duff and her son. Hillary Duff and what happened. Okay. So she this this is the kind of stuff that sends me to like a crazy place because she decided that her son, I think he's like nine. So she was um, having her, I want to say third child, but her nine-year-old is her oldest child. And she, um, wanted him, to, she's having the baby at home and wanted him to be there and like witness it and be in the room and experience like childbirth alongside of her. No, thanks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot. I mean, I have, Never given childbirth, but I will say that anytime like I see childbirth on the screen, like I have to, I still look away because even as an adult, 
it freaks me out. Like I, I, I just start hearing the screams and seeing the crown and I'm like, no, I can't, I can't look, I look away till it's over and I can't, and I'm an adult. I don't, I, kids. I, I, no, it's not a good, it's not a good look. I get like the whole, like, you know, beauty of childbirth and it's like, it's nature and it's a, it's a wonderful thing and all of that stuff. But like, the reality is like, it's not sexy. Anything can happen. Like anything can happen. It, it could go left at any minute and you might have like an emergency situation. I had that my first child and it was, it was not cool. <laughs> and I wouldn't want my son there, like kind of freaking out, worrying about mom and baby. Like, I just don't know. I, to me, it's too much. To me, it is way, way, way too much. I, I'm not one of those kinds of moms. Like I, I, I don't, you know, I don't curse around my kids. I don't expose them to, I don't know, to me, nine years old, any years old. I really don't want you in the room. Like while I'm having your sibling. Uh, to me, it's too much. Am I missing something? What's well, the benefit I'm, so I'm, here? I'm reading now. I'm reading about this. Um, so it, it sounds like that she, so this is for her son, Luca, who's nine. And this was an at-home water birth. So, uh, okay. So in, in my head at first, when you told the story, I was envisioning like a hospital, but okay. So it's at-home water birth, a little bit different, but still. And so she does, so she does say the reason that she wanted him there Quote, it was kind of important for me because I'm really big on being open and honest with him and how strong women are and what childbirth looks like, she said. He knows all about periods and it's important for me to normalize that conversation with him for all the women that are going to be in his life. I mean, mm -hmm. well, that's, that's a leap. That's a leap. He knows all about periods. Come on, come hang out with me while I have this baby. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I would say that it's one thing to know about like what the woman's body do, and then yeah. another thing to like, yeah, watch a baby get pushed out uh, at a home home water birth. And they have a lot of questions. I mean, kids have so many questions, but like that to me is just it's it's too much. I don't yeah, because I don't even know. Like you know, I look. I mean, I. My parents, I don't think, I did not have the talk with my parents. Everything I, I learned about sex, I learned either in sex ed at school or like through HBO. Oh my God. <laughs> I, okay. So this is, I, my parents didn't talk to me about sex either. Cause duh, I mean like nobody's parents talked to me. I, maybe, I don't know. You guys, we'll let you guys weigh in at some point, but yeah, nobody's talking to me about sex ever. So it was late nights, sneaking downstairs, putting the volume really low and watching HBO and Cinemax totally on the same page as you. Um, we actually had sex ed in school, uh, which I think was like seventh grade, but also my parents had, you know, we didn't have the internet. So my parents had like a lot of books and they had this one blue hardcover book that was like health. It was just like a health book all about the body. And I would just like go to the page that was about like reproduction and just try to figure out what exactly I was reading and understanding about like the male anatomy versus the female anatomy. That was it. I was putting this all together on my own. So there's somewhere between not saying anything at all. And we're just out here fending for ourselves without the internet, just, just learning. And then God forbid, like your homegirl in class is trying to tell you what's up. Cause her information is 
generally wrong, but you know, she sounds like she knows what she's talking about. So you go run with that. I mean, I don't think I really knew what was up until, I don't know, high school. Yeah. I mean, I felt like, I mean, maybe I'm mistaken. I felt like we got like one sex ed in in even elementary, maybe I'm mistaken, maybe it was seventh grade, but I felt like I, I got something, some sort of sex ed in elementary school, like maybe sixth grade. But yeah, it was definitely a lot of self-investigating at home. Like there was definitely a book somewhere that I discovered in the house. Um, but one of the funniest thing is like, I remember my parents, they had this, can- it was a candle holder, but it was really tall. Like, you know, not huge, but like, you know, maybe at least 12 inches, 18 inches tall. And I remember as a kid, just looking at it because I realize now, like it was all different sex positions. It was probably like a Kama Sutra candle <laughs> because each little like figurine around like each of the, like the candle all the way around was like two stick figure type people doing oh, different sex positions. And I would stay at that Kama for, Sutra. for yeah, hours. And I mean, looking back, Stare I'm like, it. I wonder where that candle, I would love to have that candle holder now. <laughs> they probably threw it out. No, they didn't. Our parents don't throw anything away. It's there. It's in, it's in the garage somewhere. You'll find it one day. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. So are I, you, I don't know. are you like, what is the age? Oh, okay. You're, you have two sons yes a are you going to have the talk with them are you going to leave that to their father and when when are you going to do that oh well mm, i don't know um (laughs) i just i just thought about the leaving it up to their father because lord knows what he would say it would it would it would not i would be so mortified at his version of no thanks um i'll probably end up taking matters into my own hands um But, you know, right now I am definitely I am honest with them. Like, you know, I they know the name of their anatomy. Like, I don't just always say like pee pee and, you know, all yeah. of that sort of stuff because, um, you know, they have questions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with them, but not on this level, not on this this Hillary Duff stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm too weird and. I don't know, but I'm not, I'm yeah. not doing, I'm not doing all that. It's, Mm-mm. it's weird. Cause it's like, yeah, I mean, there's so much more exposure. Like I was looking through, um, like I was looking at Kourtney Kardashian stories the other day and she was showed a picture and she was like, you know, me and, and, you know, baby P I'm, you know, referring to Penelope, her daughter, um, you know, getting matching nails. And I looked at their nails and they both had nails that were, it looks like, tips like you know like acrylic tips or gel tips because that they like glue down and put that little saw thing on well because they were you know they both had the pointy oh yeah you, you can't achieve that with your regular nail right, at least i right. can't achieve that with your regular and as and penelope's eight i just can't imagine her nail beds would grow mm. long enough to get like a pointy edge you know so i'm like there's definitely got to be a tip there and i was just kind of like wow like at eight years old yes i loved when you know, my mom would paint my nails and we would do fun things together. But a, a, like a tip, a gel tip, an acrylic tip, that seems like a lot for, you know, an eight year old. But 
And that's where I'm like, I, I get lost because I don't have kids. And so I, again, I don't see, do kids just have so much more exposure to things that I'm not aware of? So it's normal. Like, do, is it normal for eight-year-olds to like get gel tips or is that still like, that is weird to most people, you know, like. I'm definitely know. weird about anything that will kind of like, I don't know, like take away their innocence or. Um, like to me, I, I'm legit. I'd be worried about her real fingernails underneath that, like the glue and all of it. Not just that, like she's eight trying to look like she's 16. Like, I think that's like one of the issues I have, but I'm also just like weird about just doing anything. I love how, you know, little kids have like, they have like perfect skin and perfect hair and everything before we start getting all weird and putting stuff in our bodies and chemically changing things around. I just kind of like eight years old to me is too young for when I was a kid, we had that Tinkerbell nail polish that was non-toxic. That was still so dumb because you literally painted it on and then you could peel it right off. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) It sucked, but at least you kind of got to like fake like you did your nails. And I ate, I wouldn't mind um, a real, like a manicure manicure, like with real yeah. nail polish. I would totally take an eight-year-old to get a manicure and pedicure. That's so cute. But then one step further with like glue adhesive and that little zzz and they're like, you know, shaping them into claws and all that's too much. It was, yeah. And it, you know. I feel like it gets younger and younger. So, you know, I watch a lot of Bravo, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and, um, you know, one of the shows I watch is, is Vanderpump Rules. And like four of or was it three, four of the stars just got pregnant recently. Or I think it was three of the stars. And um, they all set up Instagram accounts for their babies. Right. So, um you know, and one of the babies was literally born, I think, like six days ago and is already verified, has a hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand followers and is verified already. I mean, and look, I follow that baby and I was excited when I got the, and I was accepted because they had it private and I was excited when I got accepted. You got followed was, back by a baby. I was like this six, this six day old baby has more of a social media following than I do. And but like then I got weirded out because, OK, so this is what weirded me out, too. So, you know, when you're celebrity reality star you have these babies you tell all the business you're like you know the one baby is like summer moon honey davies is, is the baby's name that's a real name that that's that's yeah sheena's baby's name um okay um summer summer moon honey davies which by the way there's also something interesting there because her you know fiance has children with his ex. Uh, I think mm. they live in like New Zealand, Australia, New Zealand. Mm. And um read somewhere that his other daughter is named Winter. Mm. So thought that was interesting because mm. I don't know how I would feel as like the ex-baby mama if our kid was named Winter and the new baby's named Summer. But anyways, I digress. Mm-hmm. So this baby's name, mm-hmm. Summer Moon, Honey Davies, and we know the hospital she was born in. We know the day she was born in. We know the time, probably, because I think that you were, you know. And I was like, these are all security questions. I feel like you've just already set up your babies to, like, have their identity stolen in the future. Like, I understand, like, wanting to, like, get your baby and the, ba- the, pa- the page monetized. But I also think it's kind of strange of 
just telling all that information to the world, it feels very scary. And already that baby, you know, the baby has no idea what's going on. Like I remember, um, you know, David Foster had a Mm -hmm. baby with Catherine McPhee, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't even Mm -hmm. know that was, and she went on, I think some podcast and told the name, the first name of the kid. And he got so mad. It's like a family name. I can't even remember what it was. Mm. It's like a family name. And he was really mad about it. And I was kind of like, David, whatever. But then I, I get it, right? You are a celebrity and just sort of telling any sort of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, it, it feels yeah, like. Some celebrities like are very, spend quite a bit of money on shielding their kids from the press very early on. Like you have no idea what their kids look like. I mean, I know there's like extremes. Michael Jackson used to put like literally like like bags over his kids' heads and stuff. I mean, people go all the way with it. My whole like life is about moderation though. I don't think you need to put a bag over your kid's head. I also (laughs) don't think that like a six day old needs like a hundred thousand followers and verified on Instagram. Like I just don't understand why it's gotta be like this or this. Like there's just such a happy place in, in, in the middle. Like, yeah. And I think most people live in the middle, Yeah, but I think that unfortunately if once you start edging over to like one side, you just kind of go all the way, right? Because you're just like, that's... gotta get this money, gotta get this money. This baby's can make be making money right now, like right now. I mean, and then they convince themselves that they're setting their kid up for the future. This is for the kid. Oh yeah. So, I mean, so you know, like... meanwhile, the parents are making like a good amount of money too, as well, their as their manager. They're taking the management fee. I don't know. It gets like really hairy for me when people start making like money off of their kids. Their kids don't really have a choice. I also watch like all the documentaries about like kid stars, every single Mm -hmm. one of them. I don't know. I have like such, I'm a moth to a flame. If there's something about like kids who were celebrities and now they're grown up and like what had happened was I will 100% watch that immediately. And every single story, it, it's never good. I think I'm in search of the one story where they're like, it was great. I loved it. And I'm perfectly normal now because well, that story does not exist. I think it, it didn't. I think that Gen, Gen X specifically, I think that the kids who were child stars, who were like, you know, now adults is, you know, Gen Xers, they went through a lot of the like messed up shit to mm-hmm. like, and they created a lot of those laws that mm-hmm. now are in place. So these, the Gen Z <laughs> generation mm-hmm. actually is doing much better in that. Like, you know, like Billie Eilish, I think is a perfect example of somebody who was, is, you know, she's 19 now, but like is a child star. And I, you know, I talk about it all the time. I watched her documentary and like, it just like completely like I already loved her but this like took me to a whole nother level of loving her it also took me to a whole other level of loving her parents mm-hmm. um because you know we look I think we have a lot of like preconceived notions about uh homeschooling children right mm-hmm. which of course took a whole different turn during lockdown because now every every kid is homeschooled <laughs> yeah. so it totally changed our perspective mm-hmm. right um but just watching like how her parents are very honest about like you know, like this is this is the society the kids are living in in like, you know, I expect there to be this level of depression and this, you know, they're just very honest about it. I think she is so just like well adjusted and, you know, like 
And now seeing her do this like Vogue photo shoot where she's just like in her own as like a woman and saying like, I, you know, I feel like a woman and like I do what I want. And like, I love it. So I do think I agree with you. Like I'm obsessed with these child stars, you know, we mm-hmm. do, we, but we both watch Kid 90 with the Punky Brewster. Mm-hmm. Oh, we watched yes, so HBO. Good. <laughs> oh, did, did you see Punky Brewster? Um, I think her, she said her stepfather found a whole other trove of tapes and she was <gasps> very excited more? about it. She posted there's it on more? Instagram. So oh. I don't know. Hopefully there's a Kid 92, but yeah, like yeah, there's Kid a Kid 90 was, was so good. Um, and I, I absolutely adore Billie Eilish. I learned about Billie Eilish for the first time two years ago from like the, the children in my life, not my kids, they're a little younger, but like the tweens. And they were obsessed, like especially the girls. They were like so obsessed. I was like, who is this? And I started listening to Billie Eilish. I was like, this is really good. You knew it was really good when like Alicia Keys was trying to do a cover of like a teenager's song. I was like, wait, what is going on here? And um, watching her documentary, I was really impressed with how involved her parents were. And it feels like you have to be on them. And she got really annoyed, as teenagers do, like, give me some space, leave me alone. But they let her have that crappy boyfriend. They let her get her driver's license. She still had all the, like, coming-of-age experiences just with, like, her parents comfortably hovering around her. And I think she's going to end up being, like, pretty okay. She may be the case study that we are like, okay, all right, that worked out. That worked Mm -hmm. out. Um, And she's very successful, but also her whole thing was her family. Remember her brother is her producer. Like, you know, she's really in a bubble of like true love and doesn't seem like anybody's trying to like take advantage or whatever. So yeah, she's winning. But for the most part, I would not get my kids involved in, um, in any kind of like celebrity stuff no thanks yeah um and yeah and her whole rise was so organic which I think I'm so obsessed with because like you know in a world where it just <clears throat> seems so like difficult to I don't know get any sort of like attention or money for what you love and that sort of thing I don't know it all felt so organic and I like I don't know I love that part of it So we had our weekly clubhouse conversation and we talked a little bit about this. We threw it out to you guys and you left us some voicemails on our voicemail line. And here's what you guys had to say. And if you aren't following us on clubhouse, make sure to do that because we do meet every week just to like chop it up. Um, I'm at the talk of shame. Vanessa, are you at Vanessa Contav? At Vanessa Contav. So make sure to do that. Follow us on clubhouse. All right. Hi, this is Mandisa from Brooklyn, and in response to the question, do kids know too much or did you wish you had known more, I am a mother of two daughters, ages 10 and 13, and they definitely know way too much. Uh, A friend and I were listening to some great 90s R&B the other day, and Superwoman came on, and we were like, okay, we know every single word to this song. We've known every every single word to this song since we were you know, 8, 10, 11 years old, but we didn't really have the, you know, tools to understand what it meant. With the internet, my kids know what everything means, and if they don't know, they're definitely asking me, you know, my daughter asked me, who is Monica Lewinsky after listening to a Beyonce song, and I'm just like, ugh, like, 
when is too much too much? You know, you want them to be informed, but, you know, some things I think are, are left best to be discovered as you are, you know, going to college or entering adulthood. Hi, um, so this is Monica from Rhinebeck, New York. Um, so when I think about kids today knowing too much, I guess I, I guess I kind of feel like they do. Um, are they are exposed to a lot? You know, it doesn't kind of allow for them to learn things or experience things in in a in a kind of progression the way that that we might have. Um, and it kind of it's like kind of boom, like all at once. Um, and so that kind of scares me a little bit, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, they're, they're exposed to so much and they, um, have access to so many people all over, um, and ranges of interests, um, that opens them up to, um, things that they might not have been exposed to until maybe later on. So there you go. So I was, I was thinking about this the other day, cause you know, my, on my IG, I make a lot of memes. Like it's, I've all, I've all of a sudden <laughs> become like a meme account, which I, I don't know if I'm good at it, bad at it, but whatever. Um, and then I saw this story cause then I was like, oh man, I saw this story about, I don't know if you, like, are you familiar with that viral meme of the girl? I think she's like a blonde girl and she's standing outside um, a house that's on fire and she's looking back at the camera with oh, this very yes. like sinister look she's called yes. disaster girl disaster girl exactly <laughs> so saw that you know she basically created an nft out of this meme and it sold for like half a million dollars i am and fascinated I, by these nfts by the way yeah I mean, right. I, I I know that like Paris Hilton just launched like her whole like a whole line of like NFTs. I haven't really like I saw a couple of them. I mean, um, it's everyone's doing it. And I was kind of like, Whoa. wait, what okay. does NFT stand for again? Non fungible token. Token. Yes. Non fungible <laughs> token. BT does. It sounds so <laughs> it's not sexy at all. Non fungible token. Like it's just not NFT at least feels like a little sexy, but non fungible. <laughs> well, it also just sounds like some way for like rich folks to just spend money cuz I'm trying to figure out Okay, you can finish telling me about Disaster Girl and her NFT and whatever happened with that. Because I'm still, like, trying to lock in on, like, can I buy these things? Can I sell these things? I'm super confused. But tell me about Disaster Girl. Well, I mean, that was pretty much it. I mean, she created this NFT. It sold for $500,000. And, and, like, now she's she's good. And I, <laughs> I was just trying to think of, like, how to how to like turn anything. I mean, the closest I had, like I, I took a, a video one time of this, uh, this guy in Santa Monica and there's these things called cocoa bots. They're these like delivery bots where someone can like order food delivery and the, the restaurant puts it in this cocoa bot and the cocoa bot robot drives down the sidewalk and delivers it to you. And then you have like, you open it with your phone. I never seen it's a one robot. Of these it's a robot. It's a little rolling robot. 
And I'd never oh seen God, one that before. That shit would never happen in New York City. Are you kidding me? It's all by itself. Anybody could just pick that thing up. Well, here's the thing. So like I had never seen one. So I started video recording because I was like, oh, that's so cool. What is that? And the minute I start recording, this dude is walking down the street and he has his dog, but his dog is not on the leash. And the dog sees the robot and gets spooked and sort of like runs away. And so the guy like doesn't want his dog to run away. So he karate kicks the cocoa bot (laughs) onto its side. And I was like, oh, my God, Cocoa Butt. And I was like, you know, and I, I was at a bar. I was at a bar at the time and the table behind us, like they saw it, too. And like, we're like, what do we do? And the Cocoa Butt can't get up. It's not like one of the it's not like a it's super. Not a, it's not doesn't a have a little prop thing. So the guy next to us runs out, turns it back on its side. It kind of like waits a little bit. Anyway, it starts going. Anyways, I just posted it on my TikTok because I thought it was funny. It went a little viral and I got reached out to um, by these companies and what they do is they just like buy up this content and they and they try to put it on the like as a broker to sell it. Because, you know, there's there's so many like uh, shows like think about like ridiculousness or just like in late night shows where or they're like they're, like Jesus and Marrow or Trevor Noah. They always show funny stuff like that, that they're getting it from these companies that buy it from people like you. I'm assuming so, because I was always like, how are they finding all this stuff? And I'm like, it makes sense. If they're showing it to a large audience, they can't just do it for free. So they probably have to purchase the rights from it from places like the one. And so I and so that was the closest I got to like, it's not an NFT, but that was the closest I got to understanding. <laughs> like, oh, if I just like t- record dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what's the likelihood, right? Like that you're going to hit gold every time. You'd have to just be walking around with your camera just looking for nonsense because the stuff that does really well is like legit. It's like organic. It's real. Yeah. You well, know, I think I think there's probably people that just I mean, look, if I could get a job as people watching, that's like the ideal <laughs> job. It's what I want to do all day. So, I mean, like you could just go to Venice Beach and just sit outside. <laughs> there's always some 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 craziness. So, so I don't know. So this company bought your video. Well, they basically they, they license it. So it's like they haven't they don't pay me until they sell it. Or if they like, you know, so it's like I get I, they're ex- I'm exclusive through them. And I, you know, there was a couple companies that reached out to me and I went with the one that had kind of the largest reach because they basically send it out to like all the people like, hey, these are the videos we got. And, you know, once they sell it, you know, I get a percentage of it. But got it. OK, well, um, I'm down. I'm also down for any kind of way to make extra money. So to me, that sounds like an additional revenue stream for you. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just like any, any revenue stream that I could, I could produce. I'm like out here trying to do. This is actually a really good segue. Cause one of the things that you and I are, um, probably, the most um, committed to of everybody we know is trying to create like new streams of revenue. I swear you told me this like 15 years ago that like millionaires have six streams. And so I've spent the last however long since you told me that trying to get more and more streams. (laughs) And um, this podcast is not a stream yet. BT dubs. So, if you would like to contribute to our Venmo accounts. Like, I feel like we're doing, we're putting in a lot of work, but we're not, we haven't gotten these extra streams yet. Although we are both serial entrepreneurs. We've had many different um, business ideas and um, businesses over the last however many years. Um, 
And some of them have worked great and some of them have not. Um, we can talk one day about my failed, it wasn't failed. It was just not super successful jewelry making line. Um, green tea collectibles. That was green from- Green tea collectibles. Yes, yes. that was from, uh, why did, I don't even know why I came up with that stupid name, but that was definitely in my early 20s. I made some cute jewelry. I had a couple jewelry parties. It was fine. But as, um, as uh, things go, these income streams are- definitely way more profitable these days. So I have a couple stats I want to run by you that you might not know about. I pulled them from fundera.com. First of all, the U.S. has 12.3 million women-owned businesses. U.S. women-owned businesses generate 1.8 trillion, with a T, dollars a year. 40% of U.S. businesses are women-owned Women started 1,821 net new businesses every single day in 2020. And 64% of new women-owned businesses were started by women of color. So that's like pretty awesome. That just means that we're dope, which we kind of already knew. And so, yeah, we're definitely part of those statistics. <laughs> we're definitely part of those. We started 1,521 <laughs> of those 1,821 businesses every day. <laughs> that was us. That was us. We started all of them. They didn't all hit, guys. They didn't all hit. Um, that's why we're here. But but so I wanted to do a segment on our on our show every week where I just kind of like hip you guys to a different sort of hustle. And especially like being a solo mom, I'm always trying to figure out like ways to bring in more money, but it's hard for me to like move around. It, it would make no sense for me to start businesses where I needed like tons of childcare because it's like, it's not going to make sense to me. So some of these are stuff you can do at home. Anyways, so for this first show, um, I want to talk to you guys about drop shipping. Do you know what drop shipping is? Uh, no, not really. Have you heard of it? Mm, not no. like I think I've heard of something similar, but I don't know. Maybe tell me because maybe I have. But I'm All right. Not. So drop shipping is an e-commerce business model. It has low startup costs. You can do it from your house. So a really simple. I mean, you can go online and you can read a whole, whole, whole lot about it. I'm going to try to condense this into this tiny little segment that I've set up for us on this show. It's okay. just, a few, just a few minutes long. <laughs> How you can make money quickly. OK. <laughs> <laughs> but it has low startup costs. And the way it works is it's an e-commerce business model. Right. So when you go online and you buy something from like Amazon or wherever you buy something from and then it shows up at your house. Well, the drop shipper is someone who can build out their own shopping website. So a lot of people use like Shopify is like probably the most popular one. You create your own online store. Someone comes to your store at the talk of shame.com. They buy, I don't even know if that's a real website. People are going to go there like right now. They get the talk of shame.com. <laughs> I don't know if she's established that yet. y'all. But anyways, they go to your website, they buy something and then wherever you're getting it. So now you're working with suppliers. The order goes to your supplier. The supplier fulfills the order that you pay them and then they ship it out. You don't have okay. to do anything except for build your Shopify store and then pay for it. So let's say it was a t-shirt. 
and the t-shirt, your charge, your supplier's charging you $5 per t-shirt, but on your Shopify store that you created, you charge $20, you pay the supplier the $5, you got your $20 already because the customer bought it, they ship it out, and you just made $15 oh. off of one t-shirt. You don't have to really do anything except for, you know, create your, your online store and manage the marketing and make it fly. So here's the pros and cons. Okay. Pros, low startup costs. You really need like 300 to $500 to start this store. And the reason why is because you're not having to buy inventory. You don't have to buy a hundred shirts and then hope that they sell. And then if they don't, you're stuck with like a hundred shirts. We have a friend who did that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those were cute shirts by the way um I was so mad when they got rid of all the extras I'm like I would have just kept those shirts and just had really great soft t-shirts forever and forever but uh, anyways I digress um so the thing is is you can literally work with your suppliers if someone buys one that's fine and you know you ship out the one because of that it allows you to test out different products because you don't have to buy them you could say like maybe i want to try t-shirts this week and if the t-shirts aren't popping then maybe the next week you're selling like i don't know like pour over coffee makers and see if that works i mean you can just kind of like play around with different things in your store and see what's really working and then you can sort of zone in on that so that's a another pro um, the cons are like, you know, a lot of people work with suppliers who it's really going to come down to who your suppliers are. A lot of people work with suppliers out of China, um, which means that when people do order stuff from you, it ain't going to be prime two day shipping. It's going to take mm. two or three weeks to get to them because it's coming from China. It has to go through customs and all this sort of stuff. And people are so used to getting things like really, really fast. Now you can get suppliers that are local that are here in the States. Um, and that's totally fine too. A lot of people just use um, a lot of Chinese based suppliers because the product prices are low. If you're using um, China based, Chinese based suppliers, just make sure like whatever you're sourcing, what you're getting is not something that I could get really easily on like Amazon. Like don't, then don't make your store be like towels and sheets. Cause I can totally get that at Bed Bath and Beyond. And it, it can be at my house in two days. I know I ordered from an Etsy store last year when we were all home and nesting and doing the most. And I ordered this beautiful, like hand crocheted, like, like, um, plant pot holder that hangs mm -hmm. from the ceiling. And yeah. it was something that was like a little different, a little unique. I couldn't really find it anywhere. I got it from this cute little Etsy shop and it took two weeks to get to me, but I didn't really care. She set up the expectation it was going to take that yeah. long. I knew that it was going to take that long. It was something cute. So part of it too is like, you know, you guys have to have a little bit of flavor, a little bit of style, know what people are going to want, um, you know, and make sure that you're being smart. You can use suppliers that are in the States. If you want to keep your business, you know, here in, in the States, that's fine too. And just kind of like, you know, take your time with it. The most important thing is that you take some of your profit and reinvest it back into your, into your business. So, you know, Shopify doesn't cost a lot of money, um, to start a website on and they have all these templates. So it's super easy. You're going to need to spend money on ads. So like Google ads or Facebook ads. Um, but you can start making anywhere from like literally $200 a month to like $3,000 
$10 a month. It just depends on just like how much you get into it. Um, and that you're just constantly testing out like different stuff and see what's really, really popular. I don't know about you, but I get ad like I get advertised to on Instagram all the time. And I can't lie. I, I buy stuff like they know. Well, that's what I was going to say. What's it's up. Like, pretty successful <laughs> because yeah. it's like I, I definitely every time because now I'm realizing, OK, all, that's why everything I've ever ordered from Instagram has taken like two months because, yeah, they will catch me. I'll see like some like cute shoe that is like not like a shoe I've ever seen before. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I need that shoe. Like and, mm-hmm. the, and it's, it's they, it, like Instagram knows I like black and gold and hot pink. So mm-hmm. it's always like, oh, the shoe <laughs> happens to be black and gold and hot pink. Oh, well, I need that shoe, obviously. Yeah. And I literally, I think one shoe took me like it's six months to get. But one thing I will say is like, you know, it does make sense also that a lot of these suppliers are using uh, Chinese based um, suppliers. Um, And I would caution that for bigger girls like me, because uh, a a 2X in (laughs) China is not the same as a 2X in the United States. And I learned that the hard way after waiting several weeks for this very cute over oversized hoodie mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I actually purposely because I had already gotten uh, bamboozled once before <laughs> on the 2x I, I ordered like a 5x girl <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> let me tell you I gave that to my friend who I think is maybe a size 810 like and it, it was like the right size so like the right size I was like yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna like uh, uh mm-hmm. I, okay and I and so the the th- I'm realizing, too, I also got sucked in. I don't hate to admit this. I got sucked in. You know, Tom Hanks, son, um, Chet, Chet, white boy summer, girl, this is so problematic. I mean, well, so, you know, you've known me for a long time and you know that Chet Hanks is my type. And like, I'm not saying that I am like proud of that, but he is. He's my type. He's usually the type of guy that like I and that is why I'm single, because like that, that's my type. Problematic. He's so problematic. (laughs) But, you know, I got sucked into white boy summer. Right. Because I was like, you know, oh, yes. Like, let's have a white boy summer. Let's have any any hot girl (laughs) summer. I just want any summer. And um, so when he started advertising his white boy summer now, I knew when he started advertising white boy summer this could go all wrong because this sound like white boy summer there's going to be white boys that do not understand exactly what he means by white boy summer and they're does he know what he means i mean i think he you know he wanted he wanted black girls to have a white boy boy summer that's why he started then making other shirts that were like black he's wearing a shirt that says like black queen summer because he wants the, the, the black girls to wear the white so i was like yeah like white boy summer now Again, I was like, still like the the font on there does feel like, you know, when you see like white supremacists, like biker gangs, the the font even felt like I was like, the font Mm. even feels off. Like he's not being like uh, Mm. counseled in like this is, but I still was like, I want this tank top because I am a sucker. What is it? Wait, is it like, is it like, um, like tattoo parlor, Harley Davidson, biker crew font? Like what's It's like that old English, yeah, old English style. I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, now I, the shirt, I just got a notification because I got sent to my box, uh, it arrived today. Mm. So I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know if they've changed the font. I will, of course, you know, I'm going to go pick it up later sometime this week mm-hmm. we'll do a photo shoot on instagram to oh, show boy. you yes um what it looks like if they mm-hmm. kept the font or whatever but yeah it took weeks i took i ordered this like drunk well, that's like, the thing weeks that's the ago thing. that's the thing and also 
by the way, um, in the beginning, you're not going to get any customization because that costs extra. So like if you want these suppliers to like have like customized packaging, like where the outside of the box or the tag inside the shirt says the white boy summer or whatever the hell, you know, if you wanted to say that, they're not going to do that for you if you're just getting started. You have to almost prove to the suppliers that like you have a business that's doing well. And then they're like totally down to customize the outer packaging or the inside packaging, or you could add tissue or you can add whatever, and you can get really fun and jazzy with it. But you have to also realize in the beginning, like all that, like customization is going to be like how you, how you build your store, how you market yourself. You can do all of that. But when the stuff arrives, it's just going to arrive in like completely plain packaging from wherever. Um, and usually, you know, the cons and the downsides do have a lot to do with, um, you know, they end up being like shipping things, um, you know, or people might have returns or whatever. But I, I would focus on the positives. I think it is a good like revenue stream if you're into that. If you're someone who, you know, is good at marketing, is good at kind of like sitting at the computer, you know about like basic accounting practices, you're into customer service stuff, and you have a good eye to pick out really cool and interesting products that aren't available everywhere that you could just buy and get in two days, but something someone would be interested in, like your t-shirt. Good God. I can't even, I'm, I'm waiting to see what this t-shirt looks like. Oh, it's not even a t-shirt. That's the thing. It is, it is definitely full on like a uh, tank, you know, it's, it's, you know, Hey, um, it's a tank. Oh, it's a tank. Oh girl. I can't. It's a tank. I ordered the tank. Cause it's, it's hot here. <clears throat> no way. It's hot. I, you know, I needed a and tank. And you promise no matter how, um, whack or not whack it is you will post photos of this on instagram for everyone to see right because now we all now we all want to see oh of course i am because a i'm still gonna shoot my shot towards <laughs> i don't even care like i know like everyone like i just one thing i learned from lizzo this summer you know you saw the dm she did to chris evans oh, yes um, oh yes so lesson learned was shoot your shot so <laughs> shoot my shot and the only way i can do that is by posting and tagging in the outfit so it will happen i promise shoot your shot girl shoot your shot shoot your shot shoot your oh shot. my god okay <sighs> i think okay so i did i i i did attempt to make the french 75 it's 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 delicious like it's fine i mean i think it's more it'd be more delicious if you had made it for me i wish you were here to make it for Aww. me because it's always better when someone makes it for me but i liked it did the equal parts i'm i'm down um I will finish this, uh, this probably most. And when you add the gin, I'm telling you, just a couple of these will really do the trick. That's a great happy hour drink because you need like one or two and you're, you're in a feeling good. You're in a good place. All right. Well, I'm into it. We always like to end end our pods with, um, you know, a nice cool down or what we what we have described as the cool down. Yeah. Uh, with the cool the down. The cool down is in honor of like when you remember when when gym classes were a thing, you <laughs> yes. go to the gym class and you go to Soul Cycle, And then at the end, they they turn the lights low and they slow it down and you feel real good about yourself because you did this, you know, this really great song and they're playing like, I don't know, Trey songs as the cool down. Music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So we like to cool it on down um, and just like find like one of the weirdest stories of the week that we think is just hilarious. Um, and <laughs> I came across this funny story about this woman in Texas mm-hmm. who had gone to, she wanted to get her license. I think she was getting a new license. Okay. And when she got to the, the, to the license place, she discovered that she had a felony warrant out what? for her. And she was like, what? You know, this is like a 52 year old woman, you know, probably living, you know, normal life. And she's like, wait, what? And when she, they go to find out why she had a warrant it was because it was for allegedly failing to return a copy of the 1996 made-for-TV movie, Sabrina oh the TV, Teenage oh Witch, which she had rented from Movie Place, Stop. a video rental store in Norman, <laughs> Oklahoma. The I love, that they, I love the, that they wrote a video rental place because <laughs> people are like, what's that? Yeah, like the warrant was issued... In 2000. So oh um, it had been living. So this is tw- over 20 years that she had this warrant. Didn't even know. This rental store caught obviously is not even in business anymore. <laughs> well, um, no, no rental store is in business anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's been she's been unknowingly on the run for 20 years. They ran they ran a criminal background check. And what they the words that came up were felony embezzlement, which First of all, the fact that it was considered a felony, it's a it's a movie rental that couldn't have been more than five ninety nine. How can that be felony considered felony? Embezzlement. And the, the worst part of it is <laughs> she's like, I've never watched that show in my life. That's the worst part. Not only because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Vanessa. I now I, the reason I this stuck out to me because, OK, for those of you who don't remember Blockbuster, hopefully you guys at least have it like saw on Netflix the movie. Yeah, there's a you know, Netflix the last documentary. OK, go back and last, watch that. Yeah. But, you know, Blockbuster at one point, well, once they they passed over on buying Netflix, I think they realized what a mistake they made. So then they tried to do where it's like that DVD because Netflix started out as like you would get these DVDs sent to you in the in mail, the mail. Mm-hmm. and then you would return the DVD. Mm-hmm. Well, then Blockbuster started their version of it. And since I was already a Blockbuster member, I was like, oh, well, let me try their version of it. And I remember... I rented this, uh, I remember it too. It was the Angelina Jolie DVD. Uh, I think it's called Foxfire is the movie. Mm, don't remember that. Well, neither do I because I actually never watched it. I, like, I rented it and then I returned. Anyways, years later, I remember like I was getting these like, you know, collection notices in the mail about this. like, And I was like, I returned that movie. I was like, what are you talking about? Leave me. And anyways, I like got out of it. Like, cause I was like, what are you talking about? I returned everything girl. Like I was moving like a year ago. That DVD <gasps> no, was still found it in my DVD, in my DVD collection <laughs> with, you- with the, with the blockbuster, like wrapping still on it. And I was like, Oh my God, like what this, what if in some system (laughs) they were like, I have a felony embezzlement warrant for this like Fox and I still haven't watched the movie. I still have never watched that movie, which is what's really annoying. This would be like, anyways, I I have multiple questions, which is first, why do you have a collection of DVDs still? Because I really, tr- I'm, 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 not, I'm not a hoarder. However, mm. I do believe, like, mm. I have the entire, uh, the Simple Life season one, mm. all on DVD still. Interesting. Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. Uh-huh. 
Okay. Sure. I just believe that those are very valuable. Girl, you know what? Good for you because they're going to turn out to be some sort of DVD NFT shit one day. And you're going to be like, I got all the receipts and you'll this be a my, multimillionaire. My fourth another stream, stream of, of income. income. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I throw everything away, like everything. <laughs> I hate having anything. If I could just live in like a, a museum and just have nothing, I would be so happy. I hate, I hate stuff. I hate stuff, but you have all of the stuff. So, um, yeah, you're going to end up winning. I don't even have a DVD player, so I don't know how. how well, neither do I. And, like, MacBooks <laughs> don't even come with CD-ROMs anymore. So CD I actually ROM? don't know how I could play these. Yeah. <laughs> don't know. You know what happened? You know what happened? That lady was was dating some man and um, and she was trying to be nice to his kids because he had kids, you know, because that's how it goes now. And she said to herself, you know, let me stop being picky. I'm dating and it's too unrealistic to think I can just be dating and this man's not going to already have kids. So she was trying to be nice to his kids and let them use her movie town card to go get themselves some movies they went out there got sabrina the whatever the hell you said and she didn't know and then meanwhile she's been on the run for 20 years <laughs> living her felonious lifestyle and she had no idea but also this means that this woman in 20 years has never ever been pulled over for speeding or running a red light or anything because if you had a felon it would a warrant it shows up like even for like a a, a regular traffic stop so <sighs> yeah. like you know good for her and like i would think it would also show up in a pa like maybe she never got a passport because wouldn't that show up in like i mean like yeah she, she literally goes nowhere she goes yeah. nowhere the one time she left her house in 20 years was to go get her driver's license <laughs> now she's renewed. not gonna leave for 20 more years she's like i'm she's, done she came home she was like that's why i don't leave the house <laughs> <laughs> see what happens when you leave the house this shit this is why i don't go nowhere i'm gonna yeah. stay my ass at home lock she was built for lockdown she was like lockdown keep it Rolling. Yep, she was, and you know what? She needs to stay at home and start herself a little drop shipping business. <laughs> Open up that garage, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, guys, I had that's so much it. fun. That's it. I did. I had so much fun. Um, that's our first episode inaugural podcast. <laughs> so much fun. So much fun. I'm so excited that I get to come back and do this every single week with you. Um, thanks everybody for joining us. Make sure that you. Um, like or subscribe and do all of those things. Um, all right, that's it. That's and make sure show. to follow us. Um, uh, you can follow me, Kiki Monique, at the Talk of Shame on TikTok and Instagram. And you can follow me at Vanessa Contab on Instagram because I don't really like the other ones, but on Instagram, really. And it's at Vanessa C A N T A V E. See you next week. See you next week. Moms vs. Aunts is brought to you by Cafe Mom. Our theme music is composed by Coney Island Music. We want to hear from you. To give us your comments, leave us a voicemail at 929-265-0277. And we might include them in the show. You can also reach us by email at momsvaunts at gmail.com. 
Remember to rate, review, and follow Moms vs. Aunts wherever you get your podcasts. And for more parenting stories, real talk, and entertainment news, go to cafemom.com. <laughs>